welcome to another episode. Uh, spoiler alert, not really. This is Christian. Turns out this year we got plans. I'm getting married and Amanda's coming to Canada. Will she ever leave? Uh, Bobby's going to Paris and me and him are meeting up and we're going to have a handstand competition in front of the Eiffel Tower. Uh, Emilio has a birthday coming up and he says, uh, and I'm quoting here, I've once enjoyed cake. Uh, Nick is walking to California to raise money for his comedy tour. I promise that is accurate information. Anyways, we're recording some filler episodes that are not our regular programming. Shameless fan service to our listeners. If this is your first time tuning in, I would suggest tuning out. Give it up for an interview with Modern Warfare's most famed rapper, Poet Laureate Amanda. Welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> here <laughs> yeah the intro the in i really working you up you know everyone listens to you every fucking tuesday so we know what's happening um and what i want to know is what excites you when thinking about the forests and lakes from your homeland uh when i think about the lakes of michigan i just i love the dichotomy in a way of how calm some of the days can be where it's just like glass like that would be the perfect day to get on a kayak and go kayaking around or swimming um, but then there's days where like the waves could almost dare i say compete with the pacific ocean waves not way out there where you start being like you're gonna capsize a whole yacht like not that size although if you do go up to lake superior at the top um those waves do actually like level and shipwreck whole freighters and ships sometimes i don't know if you've heard of the wreck of the edmund fitzgerald i know you have i i've heard of uh something about a little song that goes something like that yeah 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 and so that was caused by like a big storm and massive waves that crashed into a huge freighter carrying iron and uh sank the ship in the in the lake superior and the pressure got so strong at the bottom that for years they had to like engineer different things to be able to just even go and verify that the Edmund Fitzgerald sank because for the longest time they didn't even know. And this happened in 1985. It's not Did, even that long ago. It's crazy. Is all that extra iron in the lake uh, responsible for uh, people who live in the area just to be tougher and a little better than maybe the rest of everyone? I don't know. It's just something I've heard. <laughs> I feel like a lot of it has to do with just how brutal winners can be. You know what I mean? I've got a theory that and this is kind of being confirmed as I travel and meet different people that when communities and people have to build together and join together in facing an adversity together, like the weather, like it's it's shitty in the wintertime, as you know, being up in Canada, like it is tough, you know, like you have to basically account for like almost an hour or so of just getting your car out of snow and dealing with ice and driveways and like winter maintenance. And then everybody knows that the roads are more perilous and and you know it's more common to see people spin out and go into snowbanks and so people are more prone to helping each other out because it is kind of like yeah i know what that's like that sucks so i'm gonna help you out with that you know and so i do think that it builds a lot more character in people and just kind of a a genuine kindness that uh i don't i don't think is everywhere actually so i, I definitely think it's in the more northern states but you know everything in every region has their own pros and cons right Exactly. Yeah, you heard it here. Maybe not first. Everyone uh, who lives in warm climate, you suck. You really suck. Um, when will you start your much anticipated travel blog encouraged and demanded for uh, by your mother? Um, yeah, well, 
Deb will be very excited to find out that that is kind of my goal by the time I leave California is to get started on something. I'm playing around with the idea of a type of podcast or at least some sort of a blog. I do really like writing, but I also think that it's really cool and important to showcase people from all over the place, you know? And so I think a podcast could be a really cool setting for that and have people come on that I meet during my travels and just kind of hear a fascinating thing around a topic from their perspective. I think that would be cool too, but I'm playing around with a lot of ideas right now and brainstorming a lot of things. And so, um, but I'm definitely aiming to have that get going by like August or September, if I were to put a month to it, which actually though is like right around the corner. So that's, it's kind of, you could do it. Yeah. That sounds really awesome. Yeah. I stayed in a, I stayed in a hostel once and a guy, uh, he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's traveling hostel to hostel, country to country. Um, he's been to like, I forget, I forget what he said over a hundred countries. I know it was some crazy number and he had a traveling podcast where he just interviewed people from the hostel that he was at he records it on that blue Yeti snowball mic. And I, uh, I listened to an episode and the quality was just God fucking off. Like you can hear literally everything going on in the hostel and barely hear the, uh, the voices of the people, uh, on the, on the recording, but it was a really, uh, neat idea. Um, I think he's onto something, if only the sound quality was a little bit better. And you recently upped your sound quality too, right? So, you know. Yeah, I got the, I pretty much took um, what Bobby said he wanted and bought it for myself instead. <laughs> <laughs> nice. No, but I mean, he he does his research and he's good. And I was already like looking into stuff and I pay attention to, to what a lot of like rappers and what a lot of podcasters use. And I've been seeing that Sure SM7B, I think it is. Yeah, SM7B everywhere and i was like all right like yeah because that this day and age man like there are so many podcasts out there and so many like little niche markets for creative content creators and stuff that it's you really gotta have the quality equipment to just even begin to compete or bring things because yeah nowadays it's like if you ever pull up a podcast and you're like even though this is a great idea the sound quality is such ass that like i can't keep listening like we're at that point now you know it's kind of like what we're probably going to be at in a few years once everybody gets used to the Unreal Engine 5 being like the standard, you know? And you're going to look at a Bethesda game and you're going to be like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> well, you might be looking at a Bethesda game and asking, what are you doing for a bunch of other reasons, too? You know that uh, with uh, Starfield being announced? Uh, have you ever seen that YouTube video, Internet Historian, uh, History of Fallout 76? Oh, God, no, but I should because, yeah, I was there the day it launched. That was actually a special day for me. I will uh, I'll link it to you after this because it is one of the funniest videos I've ever fucking watched. And for someone on the ground um, like you, you kind of were, I think uh, it would be it would be much appreciated. Um, have you ever boiled an egg and why or why not? Yeah, yeah. Um, there was a time where that was a part of my normal just like meal prepping. I would have... Um, boiled eggs or whatever for um what is it what do we call that we call that like a well it's a hard-boiled egg is what it is and so yeah I did that and it was like every day each week for like lunch I would have like a hard-boiled egg and so sometimes I'll do that you just get a like really big pot and you throw all your eggs in there in a in, with water <laughs> and then you boil them and yeah like that's I don't know it's delicious especially with a little bit of salt and mm, it's nice it's a nice little snack nice little healthy snack what is uh what's unique about your job Oh God, I feel like uh, I feel like I have a very 
unique job, to be honest. I mean, one of the things that's unique is typically all of the parts that people have chopped off come to me and then I like make, <laughs> I make like thin deli slice, so like super thin. It's like by the micron level. So we'll cut at like four microns. And uh, what parts are we talking about here? People, right? Well, parts of people, I guess, in a way, typically like tumors and things yeah, like that. Yeah. Sometimes we get nails and sometimes it might be like whole chunks. I think the craziest thing I've seen in terms of a thing that was removed from somebody in the pathology lab, because I also worked in microbiology, so I saw some weird shit there, but literally shit and other things that were not. But the in pathology, like the weirdest thing I've seen was almost half of somebody's face. Like they had severe um, esophageal cancer and it had spread all the way up to their nose. So we got like their nose and a whole part of their cheek and their whole mouth. That was nuts. Like I can't even fathom somebody walking around with half their face gone. Like that's. What did you have to do with the face? What did you have to do with Um, the face? So what they'll do is typically it gets, it goes to somebody a little bit higher up than me where they look at the parts that are like, okay, this is what the doctor is going to want to look at. And they will cut those parts out. So what people did is, or what those people did is they cut out like parts of the tongue and parts of like the bone in the jaw and things like that. Cause we wanted to see if the cancer had spread into the bone and into the, like the bone marrow of that, because then that's going to spread to the whole body a lot quicker and be much more of a severe cancer diagnosis than this is just a tumor that got out of hand, right? Because that's kind of what you typically want to know with cancer diagnoses is, is this a one-off thing that we can just remove it and then the patient's good? Or is this something that is spreading rapidly, almost like an infection to other parts of the body? Because then that's horrible and that requires a totally different kind of approach for treatment, right? So that's typically what they want to find out with things. And so they cut off at that point, like with that specific scenario, they had taken, like I said, part of the tongue, a little bit, part of the jawbone, a little bit of like the cartilage in the, in the nose to see if it had even spread to that. And these different kind of parts, they call them like representative parts. And they, um, they submit it. And then that's when I'll get them and I kind of treat them with a whole bunch of different chemicals. It goes through a series of that. And then, yeah, then I use this, it's called a rotary microtome and, like I said, it's essentially just a a meat slicer <laughs> in a way. It's like the way that it works, though, because it is kind of you do like a circular motion with your hand and it moves the tissue up and down up against a very, very sharp blade that can go through bone. And then you create these like ribbons, these little almost like these little snapshots that are in uh, it's the tissue and it's surrounded by like wax uh, that you would even have in a candle, like paraffin wax, though, specifically. And then we just we pick that up and we float that on uh, water to then pick it up with microscope slides. And so that whole kind of motion is really unique, I think, because it is truly in the middle of creativity and logic. There's a lot of logic that comes into and a lot of the left brain thinking that comes into dealing with the science of disease and the science of what you're doing, understanding the angle levels and how they actually impact how it's going to cut the tissue being um but then there's the creative artful side of it which is the act of like picking up these ribbons and putting them on the water and like catching them onto the microscope and then even further uh one of the things that i do i'm not doing it now in this assignment but i've done it plenty in the past and i'm certainly qualified to do it is running those microscope stains or sorry microscope slides through multiple stains 
to then see what's going on, which is how we can end up diagnosing like tuberculosis or if somebody has leprosy or if somebody has like a fungal infection or if they have like a muscular degenerative or degenerative, sorry, disease and, and things like that. These different stains can tell us different things that are going on in the body. And then that's where almost like kind of an art and creative thing comes in is to be able to see that and interpret that, which is cool. This is fascinating. You know, um, I love asking people about their job because I feel maybe this is just a me thing, but um, there's so much nuance to our world. And this is something that you would never might never think about. You know, how do we figure out if someone is diagnosed with something like what is the process to figure that out? Right. Beyond like going to the doctor's office and stuff. Um, and there's so many jobs like that, which is uh, awesome. Um, what is one thing that you're really proud of and would just want people to know about? Um, I'm really, that's a, that's a great question. <laughs> uh, I am probably really, yeah, I'm really proud of my paintings. I really like to paint. And so sometimes um, some of the things that I see underneath the microscope inspire me to paint that. Cause I think that life imitates art and art imitates life. And so um, on the microscopic level, you know, I think that like, for example, if you were to look up anybody curious, if you were to look up like a Jones stain for kidney, you should be able to pull up something that kind of looks circular and um, it should be like a green and black. And it's just, to me, it's so beautiful and it's real. It's real life. That's what it like, it looks like. And that is so cool, but it looks like a painting in itself. And so like, there's been a lot of times and a lot of diseases, and especially when I was working in microbiology and bacteria, where I was like, this is so fascinating. Like, I would never want Giardia, but Giardia looks really cool underneath the microscope, and I want to paint. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I did. Um, I self-taught my – I well, I'm self-taught with painting. Uh, I got started on one of those, like, painting with a twist thing. My mom and I went, she bought me it for like, I think it was like my 26th birthday. She bought me like tickets to go to a painting with a twist thing, which is when there's one person that shows you how to paint something. It's usually something simple and kind of stupid. Like we're going to paint a tree or we're going to paint a bottle of wine. It's like, it's simple, but they guide you how to paint it. They provide all the stuff, including the canvas and all the paints and you bring your own alcohol. And so we brought a bottle of wine and... <laughs> There were these group of ladies that sat next to us. They just decided impromptu to do it because they had a three-hour wait or something next door to get into the restaurant. So they were like, let's paint. And the one girl brought this tiny little baby who just proceeded to, like, scream and cry the whole time. And, oh, man, my mom was not thrilled. And, and neither was I. It was very, <laughs> very distracting. And I'll never forget, my mom was like, you know what? We're going to have our own painting with a twist. And so the next day we went to Michael's and we bought a whole bunch of just like just like the cheapest shit that you could get with painting. But I really found how therapeutic and just wonderful that was. And so I got started just painting easy stuff on YouTube. I looked up like vector art and because that's simple, like vector arts, basically just you're painting a background of different colors and then you paint whatever you actually want to look at, but just in black. So it's like just a shadow, you know, and that, that's easy enough to get started on. But I've come a long way. And now here at like 31, I'm recreating like Salvador Dali's elephants paintings. And they're getting so good that like I am getting commission work if I want it. But like, I don't know, it's always kind of a weird thing. I'm super proud of my paintings, but I'm not sure if I want to go over into the threshold of 
making money off of them because I don't believe that all hobbies should be a hustle. And so, um, but I'm very proud of my paintings. I do really love them and I typically am, am very happy with them. And you should be. I've seen some of your paintings and they are absolutely fucking amazing. <laughs> They're so good. They are so good. Um, and uh, it's awesome to hear about like how you got started on it. Oh my God. I love yeah. doing this. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, maybe we can go down the rap, another rap. When did you start rapping? You know, we just played that little clip on the last podcast or a couple of podcast episodes ago of you rapping over modern warfare. And dude, that shit fucking is good. It's awesome. So how'd you start on that? Yeah, I got, um, I started in that when I was living in the inner city of Detroit, uh, when I was in college, I probably really got started on that around, uh, I'd have to say like maybe 2012, 2013 would probably be the year that the, I kind of got really started on that. I had a lot of friends that I would smoke a shitload of weed with and they would start rapping and ciphering and I kind of always thought that that was really super cool because in high school and growing up, I was always really musically inclined with drums and percussion and I loved rhythm and I used to write poetry on the side and for the longest time, I never thought about combining them, which is rap in my opinion, like rap that's done really good, you know, that is poetry, like that's a rhythmic poetry to me, but um I just, I always had lyrics running through my head and rhyming, I always loved rhyming growing up and so certain songs and certain music I just I, I don't know how to describe it I would just it's almost like I see lyrics like a layer on photoshop that's just not opaque it's really translucent you know but like I it's like I can see these lyrics in my head just going through my brain and then one day I got really high playing Guild Wars 2 with all my buddies and I just fucking let loose and just rapped about us playing Guild Wars 2 and everybody like stopped I was with five other people and they all like stopped playing and they're like what the fuck where did that come from <laughs> They were like, what the fuck? That was really good. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> God, I wish I would have been there. That sounds fucking awesome. It was cool. And so, um, you know, I would cipher with some of my friends in downtown Detroit and, and have been doing that ever since. And people were like, you should start recording all of your stuff because it's free. I've tried writing and like, I'm just not very good with writing. I think my thing is that if you give me too much time, I will overthink everything. So it's like, it's just better to just, you know, go right off the dome and just go for it. And at least for me. Um, and so, yeah, then I started recording it and I like to use this. It's like rappad.co. I just use it kind of as like a, as warm ups and kind of like ways to, um, practice and train so to say of getting used to flow and words and trying to add more words into my mind because you know did you lose like understanding certain words and medium or just at least if you were to start freestyle rapping you know you might end up or a person I know myself would just end up kind of using the same words you know like um just trying to think like it right the rhyming scheme of even when I had days like that word like days in a haze I'll make you feel a craze you got me feeling like as if I'm about to smoke a blaze like that kind of shit like you do you do that but then you you start kind of using the same words and the same rhyming schemes and and things like that and I think it's important to not do that and so the best way to do that is to just be practicing and throwing in all these different kind of words right and so to me that rap pad um website was a really fun way to just kind of practice and have fun with it and then there were times where i'd get so into like a video game that like i just had to freestyle it so 
typically what I'll do is like I'll go on SoundCloud and I look up like free rap beats and I'll listen to probably like the first three seconds. I can tell like right the fuck away whether it's going to be one that works or not. And if it works, I don't even listen to the rest of it. Like I'll listen to about three to maybe five seconds of this like beat. And if I like it, I download it and then I pull it up on Audacity and I just hit record and rap on it. And <laughs> sometimes that's created some like amazing moments because it's just like, I don't know when there's going to be a music break in the in the beat. Right. Like I got no idea. I go with it the first time with that as well. And it's created some really cool shit. The Modern Warfare uh, rap was a good one. I could always like feel when I'm when I'm on it because my heart starts fucking pounding and I start getting really amped up. <laughs> so. Damn it, dude. I'm going to sell this interview when you're fucking blowing up when you're famous. People are going to want to know. People are going to want to know where you, where it all started, where the fucking rap queen came from. Guild Wars 2, dude. That's where. Yeah, it started with Guild Wars 2. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tell me about one of your fears and like what specifically is scary about it to you. Oh, uh, I'll give you two, actually. Uh, my first one is spiders. I definitely am afraid of spiders. Um I've gotten to a point now in life where if I meet and run into a spider, I'm not going to kill him. I might might move him and entice him to get out of get the fuck out of my house and go outside cuz he's in my house and he needs to go outside to his house, but um I still don't like him and they still kind of freak me out and I think it's I think a lot of it has to do with like the legs. You know, they're just that they're just creepy to me. And like the bigger the bigger ass a spider has, the more that freaks me out. Yes. I like ass and like big ass is nice, but not on a spider. Like that I just don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I think that comes from growing up in the woods and like there being spiders around all the time, you know, and even though they weren't bad, it's just there's been quite a lot of times where growing up I woke up in the middle of the night to a spider being on me or I can definitely remember laying in a hammock one time and watched a spider crawl down its web towards my face. And that's just terrifying. Jesus I, fucking I Christ. Like yeah, like that's scary. So I don't like that. The other one that I have that's the most probably ridiculous and wildest uh, irrational fear I have is a pregnancy. <laughs> Not just me getting pregnant, but like seeing a pregnant belly is just, I don't know. I have a like a straight up psychosomatic response to it. It's just disgusting. I don't know if it came from like the movie alien because it kind of brings me back to that i don't know i don't know where it's come from uh it's certainly something that i've had to work on and work on because yeah you can't avoid pregnant women and also that's like really shitty to be like hey that's really gross when in reality it's like that person's happiest moment of their life or should be you know what i mean like yeah it's great. like there's nothing wrong with children i don't hate children like children are cool i don't know what it is it has something to do with pregnancy it just seems so like it's just like a parasite to me when I have it when I see it in that form and I'm just like oh it it freaks me out and so well I mean to end like scientifically or like it is it does operate as a parasite you know it eats yeah. eats your food you crap out its waste it's uh it it does have like a freaky yeah, quality to it gross, yeah. yeah I I have two I have two two real quick stories first of all uh Rianne, my soon wife to be her favorite female form is a pregnant woman and i don't really understand why but i feel like she has the opposite of you she just feels like the belly and the way the body changes is like beautiful which good for her i i uh i'm kind of neutral on the whole thing I, I don't really care either way um and the other thing is i've <laughs> 
can I tell you can I tell you a spider story or maybe a couple spider stories or is that like no go territory? Oh no, no. The the pregnancy is more no go than spiders. I've had a lot more time to like work on my issues with spiders than I have with pregnancy. So Okay, okay. Um one time when I was really little, uh I've never been really scared of spiders. Um and I've always kind of treated them like like pets when i was really little i'd like move them around on my hand i've never been bitten by anyone but where i'm from none of them are dangerous so i mean if you live in a place where they'll fucking kill you yeah obviously you don't want to play around with spiders but um i was playing with this daddy long leg uh in the house and my mom freaked out and she grabbed uh like febreze or something and she sprayed the spider and i'll never forget how it died it like it it was like it was like a neurotoxin or something like its legs started to shake it started to like gyrate everywhere and like act all crazy on the floor and then it fell over and i swear to god my mom my poor mom bless her soul she uh she started to cry because it honestly it looked like it was screaming you know like if it had a mouth it would have been like yelling in pain and my mom says uh after that time she's never killed another spider she she was uh it it traumatized her how much (laughs) in pain this poor little spider was um and the other story is fine uh i was hanging out with my friend josh and uh, we were young and he went out the door first to his backyard and a spider had made a nest over his whole back door like uh a big a big spider i don't know what type but it uh have you ever seen those ones they look like they're a seashell. They have like a seashell, like brown and white pattern to them. And they're, and they're kind of medium size. And it, in the middle of the doorway, it had its like nest with all these eggs. And I watched my buddy before I could open my mouth. Like he opened the main door and then he, as he opened the screen door and I was like, oh fuck. And he walked right into it. And all these spiders burst out. All these baby spiders burst out of the middle all over him. And he was yelling and screaming. He had spiders in his mouth. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he was scared of spiders. I don't actually think he is, but, uh, yeah, those are my, those are my spider stories. Um, what do you love about being on the podcast? I feel like it's a, like, it's a full circle moment for me in a way. Like I loved, uh, DLG for a while once I found them, uh, I found them through SOCOM actually, cause he just wanted to use their voice channels and then people started popping in and they were super nice and I started playing video games with other people part of the community and then I started listening to uh the podcast so I found the community in the discord first and then the podcast which is kind of interesting and different than I think a lot of people but um it just feels like so special because I can remember listening to the podcast and being like man I wish I wish there were more like people talking about these like cool, weird story, like unique games and stuff. And oh, it'd be so cool to be on the podcast and talk about video games that I don't hear them talking about, you know? And oh, I'd love that. And I'd had like some of my friends be like, oh, it'd be really cool if you were on the podcast. And I was like, yeah, that'd be great. And then they made me a moderator and I felt really special and, and, uh, really loved that. And then, um, and then finally, when I got on the podcast, like just the reception of it has just been really awesome and special. And I feel like this has been a not like a true crazy like I've set out and like, you know, changed my career to get on the podcast. Definitely not. But it is one of those things where it was like I was always like, oh, it'd be really amazing if I could actually be on the podcast. So now that I am, it's just like a full circle, beautiful, like 
moment. This is the community and the like podcast that I believed in as a listener. And now I get to be a part of it on a much more front and center way, you know, which is just, it's, I don't know. I love it. So I love the community that we have and I love being a part of it and so connected to it, you know? Everyone loves you. And also you have a really unique, well, I don't know about unique, but you have uh, a like tremendous ability to, you're just naturally a really confident speaker, or maybe it's a talent you've worked on. I don't want to assume you're just like born with this, but um, like, as, yeah, okay. <laughs> Sometimes it's Maybelline or whatever that fucking commercial is. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, you have this really great ability to just clearly talk about what you love about a game what's important about it and a short little story um about it just like really good communication all around so you know sometimes we've had people on either as guests or um come on the cast and they're just like not as confident like probably me you know like if i get in that room it's gonna be uh uh, I'll need a couple drinks to to get through it, right? But no, you're just a natural, and I feel like everyone loves listening to you. So, not only do you love being on the podcast, but everyone fucking loves you. Um, and what's one game everyone should know about? Ooh, uh, I really, I mean, I know that I've stated it before, but um, I really think that everybody should know about the milk inside of a bag of milk inside of a bag of milk game, <laughs> or just that series because it's. One, it's a really unique game. Like, I, I still have never seen a game like it, really. And um, I thought it was a really fascinating play and kind of deep dive into, like, mental illness. You know, it was, it, 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 since it follows, like, this girl going through medication and, like, kind of her mind and how her mind's a lot different than the way it, it is when it's functioning normally versus when it's on medication. And then she kind of cycles back and it's this whole, like, theme of cyclic nature of kind of being sick and stable and sick and stable like I just I don't know as somebody with like major chronic depression that really resonated with me and I thought that that was like a really beautiful game that kind of had a especially if you do battle with like a mental illness like that game's definitely going to hit you in a, in a different way you know but I thought that that game was just really phenomenal for how weird and indie and like uh, in a sense underground it is you know yeah, no, uh, from when you talked about it. I need I need to play it. Um, I get in these, Short. yeah, there's no excuse. I get in these ruts where I play like one type of game and I feel like I'm, I'm definitely missing out. Um, I want to ask everyone that question uh, and see, and I want to play everyone's games. What is like one game everyone should know about? Uh, I think that's, that's, I don't know. We play so many games that really, if there's one that you recommend, I feel like if you're listening out there, you should play it too, you know? give it give it a whirl see see what you like about it um do you have are you an avid reader and if so what's like the longest book you've ever read so i used to be a massive avid reader and then i think college shit on that because nothing kills your drive to read than being forced to read a lot of dry material on like mitosis and meiosis and like how cells are marked and methylated dna and shit like that like that's definitely going to kill your drive to, to read so i had a break in college of reading i'm trying to actually get back to it um i got a kindle and i'm now reading the dune series uh currently which is exciting fuck add me up on fucking goodreads yeah. dude yeah absolutely <laughs> but i was such an avid reader growing up like that used to always be because i grew up like in the woods um until i graduated from high school and then i spent college and like a good chunk of my 20 like i spent all of my 20s in detroit 
in the inner city of Detroit. So that was a very different life than growing up. And so growing up, it was always like I didn't really enjoy um, home life too much. It was kind of always stressful and stuff. I mean, I never really blamed my mom for it because she's an amazing mother and has always worked really hard. But the reality always was that since my father was gone, she had to do two or sometimes three jobs. And so it was kind of like I would like, yeah, I can remember being incredibly young and having to cook and do laundry and like kind of help my brother and sister out and stuff. And so I always just kind of wanted to like get away. And so my way of getting away was always reading. And then it turned and it was also video games as well. And I can remember, especially when we were in the woods, I used to love going into the woods and climbing a tree and just reading for hours until the sun set and then I'd go home and uh the longest uh I've read or the longest book I guess can I say a series or does it have to be a specific book yes yeah, series for sure yeah holy shit the wheel of time I have spent the whole my whole childhood reading the wheel of time series <laughs> so I remember I was in seventh grade so it probably was like i don't know fucking eight years old or nine maybe ten I, I don't know but anyway right around then and we had like a little book fair thing and they had the books or they had the whole first book from the wheel of time series there and i just loved the artwork on it and i was like oh i want to read this and the one lady was like are you sure you don't want to read harry potter because i don't know i must have picked like a an adult level book because yeah like when i bought the book it was almost like every sentence there was a word I didn't know. So then I would grab a dictionary next to it or I'd uh, underline the the words I didn't know. And then I'd go back and look them up. And, and then I learned a lot of my diction from the Wheel of Time series and from the Elder Scrolls. It's where my diction comes from. <laughs> and so it's those two. And, um, you know, I can remember in seventh grade having to take a like reading comprehension exam where they told you like your reading age. Uh, based on how much you knew and they told me that I have like the reading comprehension of a 24 year old at the age of like 10 <laughs> and so and that was from the wheel of time and I loved that and that was always like the most beautiful escape you know and I I love that series and I won't go back and reread it but I don't like rereading or replaying many things so it's kind of more of that but it's a great series if you are willing to you know each there's like I think 12 maybe 13 I know Robert Jordan died right around the last book and then Brandon Sanderson finished it out but um yeah each book is like five or six hundred pages I think this I think the shortest book is like 400 pages well I could have sworn the fifth book is almost a thousand pages it's insane like Jesus one of, books, one of the books is insanely large yeah that's that's pretty crazy um is there something unique about uh, yeah, I've never, like, I'm an avid reader. I, I read a bunch. I've never read, I don't think I've ever read a book that's a thousand, um, one book that's a thousand pages long. That is fucking intense. <laughs> um, so my name, Days, uh, is kind of a play on, like, the Dazed and Confused. That's where it comes from. I've had a lot of people call me Daisy. I've had some people call me Diaz. That's my favorite one, though. Like, if you're gonna, if you're gonna fuck up the pronunciation of my name, please call me Diaz. That makes me happy, because... Diaz or Los Diaz in, in Spanish is days, <laughs> which <laughs> brings you back to days. So, like, even though you're mispronouncing my name, you're, you're actually still technically kind of right, which is why I love that one. But uh, I don't like Daisy because that's actually one of my least favorite flowers. I don't like daisies at all. <laughs> so, um, but my name, Days, like I said, comes from the Days and Confused. I was trying to actually think of a rapper name because um, I wanted to keep my public 
like my internet persona separate from like my real life because I do try to make a ton of connections and then like also to professionally I don't know how things are going to certainly read and I wanted to be more of like a stoner rapper and stuff and I didn't want that to get in the way of my professional dreams and like the seriousness of trying to pursue my job because I do take my job very seriously and there's certainly a lot of stigmas around weed and things like that and so um, I wanted them separate, which is where I came up with the dazed and confused it being days. And yeah, and then I made a um, like a drag queen persona around that where days is this to me days is this character who is like from another planet. And I would say Pluto because a lot of people don't want to consider her planet to be a real planet, but to her it's home. So it is a real planet to her. And she's more of like a galactic pastel kind of really fascinated to be here. Almost like if you were to imagine like a um, a foreign exchange student, like learning the ways of earthlings is kind of what she's doing. <laughs> so uh, that was just like a really fun way to kind of tap into that. And I mean, I feel like a lot of times we'll, we'll kind of hide behind a face and a mask and not really to truly let it down, especially when you are talking about something like the internet where it's going to be out there for forever, you know? And so it was kind of my way to really let go and be my authentic self through not looking like my authentic self, you know? Interesting. Cool. Um, do you have a most memorable D&D &D character? So I actually only have two D&D &D characters. <laughs> the big one. I do really love um, the I do really love like how culty the character that I'm going in, in your D&D campaign kind of started how we had her as just like an NPC kind of little shithead kid in a way that mom runs the boat and she you know is kind of awkward but wanted to really do more and things like I really enjoy how that NPC is turning into an adventure that's going to be a fun character but I did really love my previous character as well, and their name was Bunga Algorim, which was a, uh, they are a, like, non-binary bard, like, half-elf, that came from, like, a weird little, like, town in the woods in the middle of nowhere, and they just, like, have best friends that they care so much about, and their friends mean, like, everything to them, but they also are incredibly indulgent and, like, hedonistic, and they just constantly go on benders and, like, it really hammered and drunk and like try and fuck with everything and they just they're a bard that inspires people through sick drum solos and that was just such a fun character to play especially near the end because Bunga had like so many of her friends die in like such brutal ways in front of them um and they naturally being the kind of like you know the, when they're abusing drugs and alcohol like that like of course then when they're suffering like that they just go ham in drinking and getting hit. so the last few um sessions of DD &D that i played with bunga they just were an absolute like shit just hammered and fucked up but the hilarious part was i kept rolling so good it was like net 20 so i just kept doing like dumb things of like drunkenly launching shit and then i'd roll and it would work <laughs> It's just like such an epic way to um, send off the character. And at the moment, Bunga is certainly off in a grieving bender in the woods, like away since their friends and the love of their life like was killed and murdered. And it was just it was wild. But I loved playing that character. That was a very fun one. God damn. I can't believe uh, Culty is only your second. D You're just so good at uh, role play. 
like you really embody the character when you when you play like you've played D D for like 10 years or something or at least you've like role played for 10 years or something no it's been like two years two or three i'm very green with D D. growing up uh you know, I, I grew up very Catholic, so, like, even Harry Potter was the devil. There is no way anybody would have let me play Dungeons, Dungeons and Dragons growing up. I had to hide, like, the whole fantasy side of things from people growing up because it was just, yeah, too Catholic. That's the devil's work, you know? Just oh, like, yeah. Sack of shit, but, like... <laughs> Straight from fucking hell. Yeah, I know all about yeah. that, too. Yeah. My name's Christian, so it's, uh, yeah, there's a reason for that. Um... Okay, I want to do a rapid fire round. You can go in depth though if if you want, you know. But uh, I named it rapid fire because it's what's on the notes and that's what it's named. Uh, on a scale of one to ten, how Canadian are you? Oh, probably an eight. Solid. Have you ever pretended to be a mannequin? <laughs> a mannequin? Mm, no. If you had to befriend a bee, uh, would you wear black or yellow? Oh, I'd wear yellow. Okay, why? Uh, because I feel like. Bees are attracted to colorful things instead of things that would be more of like the void that they might omit as like a negative space. You know, I personally am a bigger fan of wearing black. I think uh, yellow is kind of an ugly color, but if I <laughs> wanted to attract a bee, I would use something bright and colorful. Nice. I won't take that as a personal attack. I'm wearing like a fucking the brightest yellow shirt right now. <laughs> uh, say exactly no yellow does not look good at me uh i just i just love looking at it uh say timmy's say what say timmy's say tinnies say the word timmy's oh tinnies say donair donair say hoser keener kerfuffle bud wow hoser keener kerfuffle bud name every canadian province and territory oh god i don't fucking know that <laughs> okay there's british columbia there's alberta there's uh i thought of winnipeg that's that's the fucking city not the providence that it's in oh what is it like new it's not nuego i don't know what the hell that one is the middle one i don't who cares sure right? yeah but <laughs> and then there's definitely ontario and montreal i think or is it is it quebec yep. yeah it's quebec. Yeah, yeah yeah montreal's in quebec yeah and that's there's it another one no, there's another one or another two I'm missing completely, but I don't know. They don't matter. Yeah, there's a couple more, but who the fuck cares? Uh, say the first thing that comes to your mind when I say potato orgy. Mm, uh, I just imagine slamming a shitload of potatoes together. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just, I just really had to take that in. Uh, or French yeah. fries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you stick a potato into a machine and you're literally slamming them into each other to then create something. That, that's a hell of an orgy right there. It's the like, French fry machine, I guess. Oh, yeah. That's, that's a good fucking time. What can you use spaghetti for outside of the kitchen? Uh, it goes just straight in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like pasta, man. Pasta does Well, it's more that pasta does not like me. It feels like stabbing in my stomach. And I'm like, no, thank you. So I'll see... I'll see spaghetti and I'll be like, mm, I think I'll just starve. <laughs> yeah, get fucked, Pasta, stupid bitch. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. You can find us at dlgaming.net for uh, more regular episodes. Uh, thank you to our patrons who pay us to interview casters that they listen to every Tuesday. If you'd like to support us, go to patreon.com slash dlgaming or visit Discord and tell Amanda that she should go pro. Thank you for doing this.